This morning we're going to look at the second commandment as we look at ten values that build strong families. So please take out your sermon notes, which have been prepared for you. Look at Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And you can summarize that commandment by simply saying, take God seriously. Martin Luther asks, what does this mean? He says we should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name. But call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. Paul Dickinson has written a book called Names. He has the hobby of collecting some unusual names. He says sometimes names almost seem to be Prophetic. In 1941, there were two men who were executed in the electric chair in the Florida State Penitentiary. Their names were Will Byrne and Frizzle. Recently, there was a Montreal window washer who died by accident, falling as he was washing windows. His name was Will Drop. Other people seemed destined for certain occupations. Man by the name of Joe Bunt became a baseball coach. Dan Druff became a barber. O'Neill and Prey became partners in church equipment. P.P. Peters became a neurologist. And Will Crumble became a plaster contractor. So what's in a name? God says there's a whole lot in a name especially if it's his name. And he says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So why is God so sensitive about his name? Well, God says your name represents three things. In your notes, number one, a name represents your reputation. You've heard people say he's making a name for himself. When somebody has a good reputation, they say he has a good name. When he's got a bad reputation, he has a bad name. When I say a name, you automatically think of the man's reputation also. Like, for example, Hitler or Martin Luther King or Elvis. See, your name represents your reputation. Number two, in your notes, your name represents your character. Biblically, what you are cannot be separated from your name. In the Bible, they often made name their children after certain character qualities, like honest and justice and faithfulness. So they would rep- represent their character. 
Many times in the Bible when somebody changed their character, their life was changed also. And God gave them a new name. Remember, Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. Saul became Paul. And God would change their names because it represented a new character. So number one, name represents your reputation. Number two, a name represents your character. Number three, your name represents your authority. See, when a policeman stops you, he says, stop in the name of Bugs Bunny. Is that right? No way. He says, stop in the name of the law. Why? Because there is authority behind that name. Now, if you receive a call from your boss while you're eating supper, you'll probably take the call right there rather than just have call me back later. Because name represents authority. And God is saying that when you misuse his name, it's no little deal. It's a big deal. Because you're actually defaming God's reputation. You're defaming God's character. You're defaming God's authority. So when we think about misusing God's name, we often just think of swearing. There are other ways that we misuse God's name also. Well, in fact, we want to look at four ways this morning we misuse God's name. In your notes, number one, using God's name to insult. This is swearing to express your irritation. In your notes, using God's name to insult includes profanity. Somebody said if cussing and cheating are crimes, then golf should be illegal. I heard about a farmer, though, who was late coming home for dinner. His wife said, did the wagon break down? The farmer said, no. On the way home, I offered a ride to the minister. And from that point on, the mules did not understand a thing I said. America is the most foul-mouthed nation in the world, becoming more and more daily. Today, a movie will not sell if it doesn't have cussing in it. If it's G-rating, nobody wants to see it. They intentionally add profanity to some movies in order to get an R rating because they want it to become a hit. In fact, the most well-known garbage mountains in our society are comedians. Eddie Murphy and others that get paid big bucks just to take the Lord's name in vain. And people think they're just hilarious. See, you can not avoid hearing it. Have you noticed many times, many things like hell gets compared to? They say it's cold as hell. Also, it's hot as hell. And it's raining like hell. So why do people swear? And you know, people swear because they simply lack control. People lack emotional control. As a little kid, the first time you swore, you really thought you were hot stuff. But it is a fact that weak people use bad words to impress others. Because really, any idiot can swear. 
It takes no intellect, no IQ, no education to swear. In fact, you can teach a chimpanzee to swear or a parrot to swear. Swearing just shows a lack of discipline. You lack control. And in your notes, to actually discipline your speech, it takes maturity. See, when you're angry, when you stub your toe, when you hit your thumb with a hammer, when a guy cuts you off in traffic, it takes discipline not to swear. So people use God's name to insult others. Number two, in your notes, using God's name to intimidate. Yeah, people actually use God's name to insult, and people use God's name to intimidate others. And some people are really pros at this. They say things like, God told me that you should do this or that. God told me what's wrong with you. God told me that you're supposed to lend me some money. They actually use God to intimidate. The real pros in your notes are the TV evangelists. God says if you don't send me $100, we're going to pull the plug. They're simply misusing God's name to intimidate their listeners. But parents, parents do this all the time. See, in your notes, parents will threaten their kids. When you're frustrated, you've tried all the ordinary restrictions or taking away your allowance, the phones, spanking. Find you pull out that big stick you have. If you keep doing that, God's going to get you. In our world, using someone else's name in your notes is called forgery. Forgery is when you use somebody else's name to get what you want. And there's a lot of spiritual forgers in the world who misuse God's name simply to get what they want. So people use God's name to insult. People use God's name to intimidate. And in your notes number three, using God's name to impress. Now many insecure believers will do a lot of that. They often try to prove how spiritual they are by using religious cliches. See, in your notes, insecure believers, they use a lot of jargon. Some feel that the more they use, say, the name Jesus, then the more spiritual they must be. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. A constant bitter patter of jargon and cliches trying to impress you with their spirituality. In your notes, believers need to be what? Committed. Look at Titus 1, verse 16. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. We take God's name in vain when we claim to be committed, but we don't back it up with our lifestyle. So what ministries are you involved in? Are you daily reading your Bibles? Are you tithing? So you don't use God's name to insult. Don't use God's name to intimidate. And don't just use God's name to impress others. In your notes number four, using God's name impulsively. 
People will use God's name impulsively. Many of us also fall through that trap. We use God's name as a convenient expression of our fears, our anger, our joy, our amazement. My God, I caught a 10-pound fish. Oh, Lord, I just split my pants. Oh, Lord, Susie is pregnant. We're reducing God's name to the level of just a wow. So in your notes, don't use God's name as an exclamation point. God wants us to be serious when you speak his name. So don't use God's name just as a filler. Impulsively actually means without thinking. We are not to use God's name without thinking. Did you know that you can even worship with God without thinking? See, in your notes, you can worship impulsively without thinking. And you have, of course, you sin. You can misuse God's name in church when you don't think about the words that you're singing or your minds are a million miles away. Your heart is not there. In fact, we call that half-hearted worship, just going through the routine. And look at what Isaiah says in Isaiah 29, verse 13. These people worship me with what? Their lips, but their hearts are far from me. When you worship and when you pray, don't use a lot of meaningless words. In your notes, we often pray with filler words. Dear Jesus, we just thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for a nice day. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do, Jesus. But don't use filler words when you're trying to think of what you're going to say next. If you talk to your friends that way, they think you were sniffing glue. God certainly understands our silence. Look at Matthew 6, verse 7. When you pray, don't use a lot of what? Meaningless words. And everybody is guilty of breaking the second commandment because we misuse God's name. And God is deadly serious about this. In fact, it's one of the top ten commandments. On the back of your notes, look at Exodus 20, verse 7. I, the Lord, will what? Punish anyone who misuses my name, because it represents his character, his reputation, his authority. We next look at three ways to use God's name correctly. In your notes, number one, use God's name correctly. You reverence God's name continually. You reverence God's name continually. Look at Psalm 29, verse 2. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. That means you treat God's name with the utmost respect. You use it carefully. You use it lovingly. You use it as an act of worship. Don't let God's name slip out just flippantly. See, in your notes, you don't set through and pay for R-rated movies. Show respect to the name of God when the name of the creator of this universe is being made fun of. Certainly, don't pay for it when it's being made fun of. In your notes, we use the phrase often with our computers, garbage in and garbage out. Whatever goes into your mind will eventually come out in your lifestyle. Some people will say, oh, that just doesn't bother me. Please know that it does bother God. It ought to bother you. 
See, in your notes, love for God, love for God's name demands actions. If someone ridiculed your mother's name, you would protest. You would not sit in silence. Believers need to say something when Jesus' name is being blasphemed. You do it tactfully, but you do it to influence them, to help them, to stop. When you're building strong families in your notes, you need to learn God's name, to know God's names. And you get to know God by just learning God's names. Look at Psalm 9, verse 10. Those who know your name will what? Trust in you. And the better you know God, the more you trust him, the better you love him. So number one, reverence God's name continually. Number two in your notes, represent God's name clearly. Paul says, look at 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. A person who calls himself a Christian should not be doing things that are wrong. So in your notes, that means your walk needs to match your talk. Your very lifestyle can be misuse the name of God. And if you're a believer, you represent God. Now, two reasons why many people never come to Christ in your notes. Number one, they, they've never met a Christian. No one is able to talk with them about Jesus. But number two, they have met a Christian in your notes in name only. Because these claim to be Christian, but they're no different from anybody else. In fact, they're bad advertising. The truth is that many people around you are watching and evaluating your speech and your actions. They're checking to see how different you are. So guard your mouths. Guard your actions. As a Christian, you need to be careful about the slang that you use. In your notes, watered-down cussing includes slang. It can be profanity as a substitute. Gosh darn it is the same as God damn it. That gummit, Judas Priest, Jiminy Christmas, G can be a short term for Jesus. Gosh can be short for God. By golly, gee whiz, by jo- Joby. Can be variations from the profanity list. I really wonder if God can see through our flippant use of language, and how we substitute our slang. Look at Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do what? It all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So number one, reverence God's name continually. Number two, represent God's name clearly. And number three in your notes, rely on God's name completely. Rely on God's name completely. Look at Psalm 33, verse 21. No wonder we are happy in the Lord. We what? Trust his holy name. And why do we pray in the name of Jesus? The reason is that we do not have any right to come to God on our own. God is perfect. We are not. Only a perfect person can come into the presence of a perfect God. And it's through Jesus we can come to God. So in your notes, we pray in Jesus' name simply because Jesus is the bridge. Praying in Jesus' name reminds us that our privilege of prayer is because of Jesus, because of his suffering and his death on the cross for us. 
So in conclusion, there's bad news and there is good news. Look at Matthew 12, verse 36, where Jesus says, I tell you this, that you must give an account on Judgment Day for what? Every idle word you speak. That verse tells me that I will be judged on every idle word that I have used, and so will you. But look at John 20, verse 31. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing, you may have life in his name. You can pass from judgment to forgiveness in Jesus' name. You can pass from death to life by believing in the name of Jesus. That's good news. See, we're doomed unless we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. You know, kids were often threatened, maybe you, when they cussed and they would have their mouth washed out with soap. Anybody done had that experience? But really, that doesn't work. Because you see, in your notes, swearing is a heart problem. The problem is not in the mouth. It's in the heart. And whatever is inside will come out. So look at Luke 6, verse 45. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And only Jesus heals our hearts. Only Jesus does heart transplants. And the only way we can clean up our language then is to clean out our hearts. Amen.